Well, howdy, y'all. If you're a fan of topical CBD, that's lotions, lip balms, and body creams, hit up our friends at Cosmetic. You got to cop their CBD pain cream for your achy muscles or their CBD-infused tattoo balm for that fresh body art. Be kind to your skin. Go to Cosmedicated.com, C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com. Use that promo code SOS20 and get 20% off of your entire order. Check them out. Cosmetic. Love you guys. Let's do the podcast. Welcome in, guys. South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. I'm the host of this podcast. And I've missed the heck out of you guys. Hadn't seen you in a minute. Hope everybody's all right. I missed you for real. I have the unofficial mayor of Knoxville on the podcast today. Jody Collins. He's the man. You may know him. He is a hustler. Jody is a pretty prolific dude with his company, Feral Giant. Jody hosts a podcast called Ramblin' Man Podcast. He was nice enough to have me as a guest back in, I think it was April. We also dug into some other cool stuff. Jody used to work for Radio Systems, uh, the Pet Safe, Randy Boyd Company, all that. We got into that a little bit. We talked about Alex Haley and Roots and uh, growing up at Fulton High School where Jody went to high school, being the tallest white kid in town. Jody also dug into both times he's ever been kicked out of the club. I want to uh, send some love out to our boy Bill Foster, who was a previous guest on the podcast, uh, who's been battling COVID-19 and has been... Uh, feeling all kinds of love from the community because he is so important to documenting what we got going on here and giving everybody a little bit of light. And Bill has been so important to our scene and to this world. And, uh, and I hope the man's all right. He's a, he's a great dude and a brilliant mind. And, uh, we all need to hope that he comes out of this. All right. Cause that's a, that's a tough one he's dealing with. So send that man some love. We've had a good couple weeks leading up to this, and uh, this week is no different. Uh, Jody Collins is a wonderful dude to listen to, and I think we had a great chat. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's do it. Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Jody Collins. We're doing the podcast. Okay. Yes, I'm. T- okay. Is this hard? Yes, I am tall. You're very observant for noticing. Six foot seven inches. Yes, really. Even flat footed. <laughs> I think I've given away 400 of those in about five, six years. That's fantastic. That's how often I get asked. Really? Yeah. So do people say, are you tall or do they say? I bet you tall? play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> like all the time. It's like, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that doesn't get old. No. <laughs> Now that I have the card, it's hilarious. <laughs> and I, I actually, uh, David, you know, David Sedaris. Yeah. I ended up in a 20 minute long conversation with him because of that. Because you're tall? Because of the card. <laughs> oh, because of the card? I handed him a card and he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> he was like, you know, the microaggressions against the tall. And I was like, I'm becoming a David Sedaris sore. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Right now, this could easily this be is- on the radio. And then uh, Mark Kowalczyk. Who's that? Uh, Sun Kill Moon. Oh, I don't know that. Uh, Singer-songwriter guy. Okay. Was in Red House Painters. 
he uh, was at a show in Asheville. And as I, I went to pee, came back, and I had to walk. There was no stage. Yeah. So I had to walk, like, in front of him. And he went, hey, who are you? I need a, yeah. I need a bodyguard. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hold on. And I gave him a card, and he was like, this is the most amazing thing. Have you ever bodyguarded before? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's for who? Uh... Nobody fun. Nobody and mainly fun. is jokes. Just <laughs> friends who are musicians. <laughs> That's it. I bet if we walked around and somebody had a camera following me and you were right next to me, yeah, they'd really have a lot of questions, you know. Oh, who's, the, the, who's that? The funniest <laughs> is, a, oh, yeah, doing the ear thing. Yeah, so, excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. me. <laughs> no pictures. No pictures. I did that to St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. Uh, it was at Iams. They, they were Meadowlark Music Festival, I think is what it was called. And I was standing in the back. They played, and I had to piss like a racehorse. That's, I've said piss now in five minutes. That's the most I've said that's, that. That's, in, some high, that's some high uh, volume of, of <laughs> urinating for the first three minutes of a podcast. Uh, and I uh, took off to go to the bathroom, and he was coming off stage. And full suit and tie, yeah. sweating like a... Yeah, he works and, hard. and But he was strutting. He was yeah. strutting as he was yeah. walking, and and I just was walking behind him and almost went, no pictures, no pictures, yeah, no I'm no sorry. photos, please, no photos, please, yeah, nobody bother Paul. That guy's pretty pretty. Uh, he's 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 a personality for sure, huh? And he's tiny. Is he really? He's a tiny man. He's always got fancy shoes on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Last time I saw him, he was draped in a cloak. Yeah, he he's um he's flamboyant. Yeah, he he doesn't mind being the center of attention, <laughs> to say the least. He's got yeah. a great voice. He's amazing. I think I've seen them six or seven times. First time I saw them was at Barley's. Really? And I actually met him during that show. Yeah, he was hanging out with Aaron Slocum and Cat Torbett upstairs, and I went up to say hi to them. And he was standing there, and he was talking to them a mile a minute, and he kept staring at me and <laughs> looking at me. Looking at and I was like, "I'm just waiting on you to shut up, dude, so I can talk to my friends." And he's yeah. like, "Oh, okay, sorry, brother." Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, you won't stop talking, dumbass." So your so your height is is like a way in. I guess it's a blessing and a curse. Oh yeah, right? oh, yeah. 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 it's uh, walking around and having to hunch a lot. Is bad. Yeah, I always wondered about that. Like, is there because you don't have poor posture? You, you're not, you're not ashamed to be so tall. No, 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 yeah. no. Uh, what what are airplanes like? <laughs> miserable. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you nope. do the business class thing? Just to no, nope. not always. Nope. And the let's see, the last flight I went on, I flew to Jacksonville. Yeah, and it's the worst flight. Like, it was felt, it a Legionnaire? May have been. Yeah, it felt like the the seat was made for a child. Yeah. It was pinching me on both sides. Sounds like a legion. Yeah. yeah. I've had cuts on my knees from yeah. the gear of the chair in front of me uh, cutting into my knee. Yeah, I bet that's tough. Yeah, yeah. it is. What I've it got is. the other problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I laugh at when I see people, small people sitting in the exit row. Yeah. I just want to go, really? Yeah. Really? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah save me, right? that for the people who yeah. need it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for uh, for having me on your podcast. This, yeah. is, this is a pod swap. Pod swap, yeah. <laughs> swap cast. Yeah, That's what cast. Jesse May Peluso calls it, a swap cast. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. thanks for having me on yours. I really appreciate yeah. it. That's, that's the first podcast I've ever been a guest on before. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've done. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I guess people didn't didn't give a damn oh, about no. me until I had my own podcast, no. and now they're you're asking a, me on. <laughs> you're a pro and being like, oh, yeah, they just don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> They'll get a few in. They'll understand. Well, it's, it's funny to do to you know do something that you're not really that familiar with, like start a 
start a podcast without yeah. ever having ever been around them before. But I guess, you know, you, I guess you, you listen to, you think about the ones you like, and then you just kind of, uh, yeah, you, you kind of study those. Yeah. It's like, you know, Quentin Tarantino was a big, a big topic on the one that we talked about. And it's like, yeah. you know, what does he say? I, I didn't go to film school. I went to films, you know? Yeah. And I, <laughs> I think about like with mine, I can't remember if I mentioned this on there. Like, I don't see myself as a personality. Okay. If that's a nice way of putting it, I hate the sound of my voice. I don't like to be on a stage talking. But when it came to like podcasting, I was like, I go by the Kevin Smith rule. No one is going to do this if I don't do this. Yeah. That, that, that was going to be my question is why did you, why did you do a podcast? Why did you start Ramblin' Man podcast? It, it started because like two or three nights in a row, I had two different conversations that were like four hours long really? with groups of friends. And mm-hmm. I, that happened a lot with yeah. me. We would sit around and BS. I think it came from comes from like the cigars. Yeah, because smoking cigars and realizing you just had one an epic conversation with somebody for four hours. I think it's because you have nothing to do. You're literally stuck to the cigar. Yeah. So the cigar thing started as a relaxation thing for me Mm -hmm. because it would force me to sit down and not worry. Gotcha. Because the only thing you could worry about was the cigar. Yeah. Not and letting it go out or not letting burn it go your clothes or yeah, whatever. Not, yeah. not overburning it to where it tasted like crap. Yeah. But then uh, I had two nights in a row. One was talking about art with Sean Pointner and Joachim Schmidt. Joachim works in a gallery in Boston. Uh, art and, gallery? Uh-huh. Okay. It professionally hangs art for people in their oh, homes. Cool. Oh, well, that's cool. In addition to creating his own art, we talked about art for like four hours. Yeah. You're like, this is interesting and something that nobody would ever just sit down and talk to this guy no, about. No. Yeah. And he had this wealth of knowledge and all yeah. this history. And then the other night was funny because it was Sean Pointer and Lance and Lance said, uh, what was it? He wanted to, he was like, man, I think I'm really going to start learning about astronomy. And I misheard it as astrology. Yeah. But he kept, I always get those mixed up. He kept saying it so seriously that yeah. I was just like, Wait, are you? Oh, you're not talking about astrology. You're talking about astronomy. <laughs> Thank God. And then we joked for like 30 minutes. We just riffed on yeah. like, if you went up to somebody and they're like, "I'm really into astronomy," it's like, "Like, are you a? Vir- I'm an Aries. Are you a Virgo rising? <laughs> like that? It just miss." And we riffed on that for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. And I think it was the next. It, one of the I can't remember which one of those had happened second. But I literally woke up the next morning and ordered all the equipment. I was really? like, "I got to do this." Yeah. What was your, why'd you set out to do it other than it, you know, feeling like those stories needed to be told? Was there a duty beyond that that you felt like you're providing a service? No, it's just, I think I'm fortunate to know interesting people Yeah, that it's the kind of people that, a good plane analogy, you could sit next to them on the plane and not know anything about them. Yeah. And then if you asked one question, it would just open up this wellspring of... You know, oh God, I didn't know. Like Joachim would yeah. be a great example. He's somebody who's quiet and keeps to himself. Yeah. But then if you said something about art, he'd be like, oh yeah. And then he could just rattle off a hundred things. You'd be like, oh wait, who is this dude? Yeah. Has it has that has it changed at all since you started it? Or have you have you has the ethos or any any kind of I don't know, any focus of the podcast changed, or is it always kind of just started as a conversation? That's always kind of what it is now too. It is. It's uh the biggest thing for me is I can figure out in about five minutes if it's going to be a good one or not. Really? And there's been some, I was like, good God, I'm just trying to get through this. Yeah. And there's been somewhere I don't know a plot way to go. It's just a conversation. 
I need you to calm down. We yeah. don't have to accomplish anything. Yeah. There's no goals. We're just yeah. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a bit of a, a fine line there between being overprepared and, and, uh, and it, and you know, it, it, it's sounding too off the cuff or too much like two people just bullshitting and, and yeah. nobody cares about what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. And you know, somebody who came to push an agenda and, and so there's that sweet spot. And I think it's, it's, it's the onus of the host to kind of, uh, <laughs> to, to kind of moderate that a well, little bit. And there was one that's still the most off the rails one with, uh, two friends. And we talked about the Marvel cinematic universe. Cause oh, yeah. we were all, all in on that. Oh yeah. That's my, a, it's a big, uh, a, a big market for that these days. And my HVAC had gone out in my house and it was 85 degrees. You guys were sweating and you still didn't well, care. We <laughs> sat outside and the two of them just got drunk. Yeah. And it is the dumbest podcast ever. Cause really? I made a comment at one point about like ACDC being awesome. And one of the guys was like, ACDC sucks. You can't name 10 good songs. <laughs> And, and was, you did. You and rattled I, off. Well, I rattled off like two. And yeah. I was like, hold on, let me get on my phone. He's like, nope. No, you can't count. do that. Yeah. I was like, I'm tired. I'm hot. What the hell is wrong? ACDC is yeah. awesome. He's like, yeah. nope. And the other guy was like, nah, they suck. Yeah. It's like, you bastard. Shut yeah, up. it can go. It can go off the rails pretty quick. I, uh, my, uh, my, my first, well, one of my first couple of podcasts I did with, um, Sam Thomas, who I've dropped yeah. his name a lot on this podcast, uh, but just because I love the dude and he's great. And we sat down. And, um, I, I, I was so interested in his story because he's been, he's done so much cool stuff that, uh, the pacing was, was really tough on me. And, you know, it was three and a half hours that we yeah. talked and it yeah. was like, man, I can't put that out as my third podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't, I'm going to have to have him back and we're going to have to, now oh that I know, th th consider this the pre-interview, Oh, and, okay. you okay. know, and, and then we'll, and, and then we, you know, I, I put his out a, a couple weeks later after we had done it again, but it was like, <laughs> it was a good lesson. And like, he, while we were very engaged and had a great conversation, it, you, you also have to think about the listener as well and make sure that, that they're, that they're uh, somewhat entertained the whole time or they're, because they get to cast their vote with their finger. They can yeah. Press pause yeah. and move on to the next, and <laughs> and off they go. Mine are two. Mine are super long. Yeah, and like I think the longest one was six hours. Oh wow! And I cut it into two because oh, the smart. dude was just too interesting. Yeah, and it was my friend Shane, who's a touring comedian. Yeah, and he uh, he found out within twenty four hours his wife had been cheating on him, okay. and he got fired from his job. Oh no! Yeah. That's at like terrible. 42. That's terrible. And that's when he started becoming a comedian. Yeah. His dad. Would was, we know him? If, yeah, Shane Ryan. He's amazing. Okay. Uh, but that one, it was just he and I had also known one another for so long mm -hmm. that we just were able to talk. He, you know, Alex Haley? Mm -mm. Alex Haley? Yeah. Yeah, I know Alex Haley. Not so, personally. So, <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, Pour one out for him. <laughs> But Shane, at age 18, wrote... Alex Haley came out with these like little pewter figures, figurines. Yeah. And Shane wrote like the backstory of them. Oh, On really? the back of a card. At like 18. fan fiction kind of stuff? No, like these things were sold and they had a card that was put oh. on the back like Star Wars oh. toys. So these were approved by Alex yes. Haley, too. Yeah. And oh, wow. so Shane worked directly with him writing the, the content at mm -hmm. 18. That's a name that... Alex Haley's a name that hasn't come up on the podcast yet, but he's really important to what we got going on here I, there's a big statue of him right yeah at morningside park yep yeah and as somebody who grew up in the i uh, saw oh i grew up in the black community here and i read roots in like sixth or seventh grade yeah and it was just like it was like wait what happened yeah what did what did happen like what are we talking about like 
This yeah, is, this really happened. My parents were like, "Hey, what the hell are you doing reading roots?" At, yeah, at like eleven. Yeah, it's required reading for yeah. for for a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Kendrick Lamar. He he came out with. Uh, he's got a song called King Kunta. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a super popular song, and uh, that to me was like almost sent sent chills because yeah. it was like I, you know had a little bit of interest in Alex Haley my, my whole life and what yeah. all he's done. And then to hear like one of the most prolific rappers of yeah. all time, I think, yeah. Yeah. uh, show that he too had, uh, had a, a bit of an affinity for the man. And, and it just also shows how important, you know, Alex Haley and his work was. And exposing Alex Haley to probably two or three generations yeah. who had no idea who the hell Alex yeah. Haley was. Yeah. Just because of poor education and everything else, you know, that's going on yeah. in the country, you know. So uh, before you started the podcast, what, what, what got you there? Like, how'd you, how'd you get to that, to that point of, of wanting to, wanting to do it? Cause you're in all kinds of media outlets, yeah. right? <laughs> I do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, well, what all, what all do you do now? Uh, graphic design, illustration, social media, photography, videography, podcasting. Yeah. So full, full stack. SEO. I yeah. got to go through the whole thing because yeah. then it ends with uh, oh, digital marketing. If uh, if your baby, if your kids need babysat, I'll do it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> like that's yeah. why I stuck. Yeah, I've done that forever. And I got actually got into podcasts when and like when iTunes first came out. Yeah. When iTunes first came out, a lot of the podcasts were like KEXP, KCRW were posting songs of the day yeah. or in studio recordings. Yeah. So I got into them then. And there were not that many long form podcasts. The only one I really listened to back then, well, there weren't any. Yeah. The only one I knew of was this guy that did uh, creative screenwriting. Hmm. He had a magazine called Creative Screenwriting, and he would end up being the moderator on a panel at events. Yeah. And so he just pulled the audio from those, and or he would do interviews mm-hmm. at junkets and post those. Repurpose them. Yep. That's great. As podcasts. I, I tried to uh, start like a radio show type podcast back in like 2008 or 2009, and I couldn't figure out the tech. Yeah. I didn't have anybody to help me. It wasn't, podcasting was not as ubiquitous at the time, and it no. just, there weren't as many services out there that were trying to get your money to for them to help you do it, you know? So, I, uh, but I, I actually did put a couple of them, uh, I, I put a couple of them together that were just like, almost a radio show of me like curating some of my favorite deep cuts that you know maybe people hadn't heard a lot of live music and stuff like that too and actually during this pandemic my friend rob in fact he came up on our podcast rob travis him and his wife Mm -hmm. rachel own that vivanel yeah the animation yeah uh he started an online radio station called raucous radio and it's been pretty interesting i just sent him in a demo of a radio show called porch sitting Okay. Music is that another, is that music or is it chatting? Music. Yeah. Music. Oh, cool. But mine in the middle has an interview where I bring somebody in and have them give me three or four songs that they like that yeah. they consider porch sitting songs. Gotcha. Cool. So how'd you get into, it was a great, you said graphic design first. Was that yeah. the, was that the entry kind of point for you? I started in design at 13 at Fulton high school. They had graphic design they at Fulton high school? print shop. Wow. And they, and oh, yeah. it's funny talking to kids because I still go back up there and talk and I talk to kids in school all the mm-hmm. time now about making money in art. Yeah. Because a lot of kids, you know, wealth inequality, they don't understand that. Sure. I got to get a job at Denzo or something. And uh, yeah. 
But when I go up there, I was like, here's a weird fact for you. In 1992, when I started here, there were two computers in the entire school. Right. One of them was in print shop, and I knew I wanted to work in computers. Uh-huh. So I chose print shop. So was that what drew you to it? Was the computer, the yep. tech side of it? Yeah. So it didn't have as much to do with the art as it did no. the, the tech? That's no. cool. And it's wild because I'd been taking art since middle school, okay. but I never felt I was good enough because I was yeah. surrounded by people who were tremendous. Yeah. Who were drawing their own comic books and stuff. And yeah. I was like, well, I suck. So Yeah, I can't, can't do that. <laughs> but we started doing it on the computer, and that's when I started, yeah. like at 13. That's amazing. That's yeah. and you said in '92. That was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, that was almost 30 years ago. That, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to make you feel yeah. old, but that's uh, that's that's some longevity. Yeah. Um. So, wh- did you you grew up here? You grew up in yeah. Knoxville. Born and raised. Went to Fulton High School. Cool. Parents together living Parents over there. Still together. Still, awesome. they live in East Knoxville. Still. Cool. Uh, Brothers and sisters and all that. Little sister. She's. Okay. Uh, is she really a little sister? Or is she six foot seven also? <laughs> <laughs> she she's uh she's not the rump but she's only five seven okay <laughs> she's a full foot shorter i can get me. behind that <laughs> <laughs> but she uh i don't have any uh kin uh of my generation within like 10 years so i was the only kid for 10 years so she's that much younger than you? uh my no my sister's almost 12 years younger than me oh, wow. i've got two cousins on both my mom's side and dad's side they were both 10 years younger than me so your parents had you pretty young uh no, they were twenty eight. Okay, it was everybody. Else. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and waiting. they had her late. Yeah, guess, yeah. and uh, yeah, mom. I think mom was forty. When yeah, she had my sister. Yeah, and then her brother, younger brother, was same thing. He was seven or eight years younger than her. So, yeah. so it was a lot like growing up as an only child. I bet. I always joked that I was the little brother. They would my yeah. dad and uncles. I started playing poker with them when I was eight. Yeah, and is that where you picked up the cigars? <laughs> no, no. Well, I take that back. If dad listens to this, mom, I, 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 I would maybe, per, I love this word, purloin a, a cigar or two from dad yeah. when I was young. Yeah. Uh, but I would play with them. And my, my dad, my uncles all of a sudden when I was about 10 started telling stories. Yeah. About them. They, they, could, every, they could finally tell him yeah. now that you're a little now older. Now that I turned 10. Yeah, not, now that you're 10. He's a grown man. He's a grown man. Yeah. Uh, but every story would end with my dad going, don't tell your mama. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So did did the growing up as a pseudo only child, did that bring you did that bring you inward with like the arts and kind of focusing on your own kind of stuff and expressing yourself because I, you didn't really have somebody to, you I know, think it, it, beat I, up? I think, <laughs> I think growing up like that, it made me feel I always joke of like uh, that scene in It's a Wonderful Life where his mom says you were born older. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Like I yeah. was treated kind of like an equal. Then I was like, "Oh, I'm just like a little br- brother." Yeah, like they pick on me like crazy. Yeah, but it's like Your a parents? lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and my uncles. Yeah, made me very like self sufficient. Yeah, or like my grandfather. He so my grandmother, like, would go to church three times a week, yeah. and my grandfather never set a foot in a church. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. And all of her friends, their husbands had passed. So uh-huh. my grandfather could r- fix anything. Yeah. So I was the default light holder. Yeah. <laughs> for him, yeah. and we, w- I would go with him and help fix plumbing, anything like that. And it would always be the woman would try to give him money. He'd be like, "No, give it to the boy," and I would get like five bucks yeah. for helping helping him repair. That's stuff. Great. So I think it was I wasn't treated like a we need to put 
hands over his eyes or earmuffs yeah. or anything yeah. to where it allowed me to do a lot more things. That can go the other way too, though. I feel yeah. like you see a lot of people who, you know, were friends with their parents growing up. And I'm like, yeah. you, know, you were drinking <laughs> when you were nine years old. Like that's, <laughs> well, and it's a weird that's th- tough. <laughs> I think it's a weird thing in that like, I don't cuss around my parents yeah. because they didn't cuss around their parents. Yeah. But away from their parents, they around yeah. me, they cuss like sailors. Like, That's a good Southern <laughs> thing to do right there. Yeah. And it was like, I bet, boy, I never, better never catch you saying any of this shit. And I was like, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. That's great. Yeah. So uh, when you got to when you got to high school, I, I saw on your card there that you did play some sports. Uh, so, so graphic uh, design wasn't the only focus. You also no, got out and did some other. I other... tell you, the weirdest thing to tell people is when I was, and I've kind of felt this way my whole life. I felt like I've never fit in with anybody, but I've always been able to be friendly with people. And what I mean by that was like the jocks thought I was a nerd. Because yeah. I was into computers and stuff. Yeah. And then the nerds thought I was a jock because I played football and basketball and baseball and threw shot put. I love throwing that one in there. <laughs> I, I think you were good. I threw shot put. And, uh, and then, uh, so I never, the only kids that accepted me were the art kids. And it was usually the art girls. Like there was yeah. a, a crew of like four or five girls that were just like, no, he's our buddy. Yeah, the the art girls, <laughs> and this sounds weird as a white southern man, and black people. Black people are like, no, nah, it's just Jody. Yeah, like everybody well, else was had their own. I love this term, Michigas, their own bullshit. Yeah. of like, well, no, he's a nerd. Like, but black people and the art girls were just like, no, it's just Jody. He's fine. Yeah, you've uh, since I met you, probably I don't know, ten years ago or so. It's, I, I don't know if it's you know because of your imposing figure. <laughs> Uh, but you have such a disarming nature about you that's just like it, it takes it takes uh, you know a couple of seconds of being in your sphere before you realize that you're just the sweetest, uh, most harmless person on planet Earth. When I when I don't have to be, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I turn. Yeah, I. I uh, so it's funny sitting with a friend and we were talking one night and he, I was like, have you ever been in a fight? And he's like, oh, no. I was like, oh, I've been in a lot of fights. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, even recently, like I was coming out Barley's one night and a drunk guy and a girl were fighting yeah, in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And he, I was kind of walking that way. I was like, eh, this can break bad. And I yeah. was with a girl and then all of a sudden he pushed her oh, and no. she punched him in the oh, face. No. So I just took off running. And I wrapped myself around him, mm-hmm. picked him up, and turned him around. Yeah. And the minute Said this is over. Yeah. And the minute his feet came off the ground, he went, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was not a small man. Right. And then his girlfriend came up or wife came up and started screaming epithets at me. Yeah. And I just turned around and started squeezing him tighter and going, Nope, this is over, guys. Yeah. It's like this is gonna end. I point at her, it's like, you're gonna go away. Yeah. And he's gonna go that way. And yeah. you all are going to figure out this later. Yeah. It's, it's like you're both drunk. Yeah. Peacemaker. And, and she was screaming at me and I just kept squeezing him. And he was like, honey, honey, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> please stop. This hurts. <laughs> Is that your Enneagram, the peacemaker? Do you know, have you ever done that? Oh, hell no. <laughs> are you the helper? What are you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, but it's, it's wild. And I don't say this to garner pity or empathy, but it's also, I can't do anything. Like, there's been a lot of times where I've what been in mean? situations with, like, drunk women yeah, to where 
I was at one event and this older drunk lady just started rubbing my chest and pushing me against the wall. Yeah. And well, like, like, how, like how? Like like literally rubbing, pushing and pushing me into a wall. Like, do you know how hot you are? Or like that. Like she saying that to you? Yeah. Oh gosh. So I just put my hands in my pocket. I was like, I hope somebody comes saves me. Cause yeah, because I'm going to jail otherwise. I can't do anything. Yeah, like exactly. and I don't say that to garner empathy or pity. It's just like right. knowing these situations. Yeah. It's always at, gonna be your fault. Yep. Yeah. I was at one party. And a woman got drunk and started poking me in the chest. And her <laughs> husband was behind her going, please stop. And I knew the husband, I wanted to go, because you know I can punch you in the face. <laughs> I won't punch her, but I'll punch the hell out of you. So I, I, I think it's I've always had to put people at ease because of my son, which sounds stupid to me. Because yeah. well, I just want sense. everybody to be cool. Yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah. You've always had to over-index to uh, uh, <laughs> friendliness. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. No, I don't no, think. No, yeah, no. So uh, after high school, did you did you go to college? You go to university? I here? went to Mississippi. Oh, cool. It was, I think it was. I Purdue and Lenore Ryan were recruiting me pretty heavily, but my grades weren't good enough, and I couldn't get any scholarships. Hmm. So it's like, well, we're poor. I can't afford this. And I looked at UT and Pellissippi, and Pellissippi was more, we're going to start you on com- going back to the computers. Yeah. Computers, day one. Yeah, Remember? they had the text figured out at that point. And Pellissippi, because this was 96, and UT, and they're still this way. They're like, no, design students do not touch a computer, excuse me, for their first two years. They're taking drawing and sculpting yeah. and all that. Yeah, and all that. And I was like, I need to learn the computer. Like, I yeah. need to learn Photoshop. Yeah. Like, I know enough but I need to learn more. Yeah, Photoshop was around in 96. Yeah, I worked on Photoshop 1. Did you? It was bundled with a scanner. It was called Ophoto Photoshop. Really? And you would you would scan a, scan something in and then start yep. tearing it apart? Yep, mm-hmm. in Photoshop. And, uh, That's cool. But it's like when I went to Mississippi, I actually went an extra year and took advanced classes in statistics, uh, sociology, and psychology. Oh, cool. Because I was like, I think these are needed. I need to be able to report data on what i'm doing yeah and i need to learn more the mindset of the market like i I took more marketing and promotion Mm -hmm. and pr classes yeah i think psychology is a pretty i don't think i don't know anybody who's ever uh majored in psychology and been like oh man i wish i wouldn't have done that you know it really (laughs) is a useful thing my wife was a psych major at appalachian state um the owner of design sensory joseph another yeah very talented creative mind psychology major you know and and it and it shows yeah you know uh, both with the way that he uh, has to deal with, you know, a staff of 60 yeah. people yeah. and then also clients and yeah, and, and ad campaigns, creativity yeah. for ad campaigns, figuring out how to back engineer uh, people, <laughs> how people think, you know. And it's also of like having a good foundation of like, no, no, we need to do this because look at all this data mm-hmm. that I have yeah. to not just be like, no, I just made it look pretty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, Pellissippi, did you go anywhere after that or did you start working? Just start working. Cool. It was What'd you do? Mississippi, and when I was, so going back to sports, I also boxed oh, when wow. I was in college and shortly yeah. thereafter. A welterweight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny when I graduated high school. I was six six three thirty. Oh wow! And then about a year year and a half later, I was six seven and a half. Two ten. Oh man! <laughs> I recently found a photo of me at two ten, and I look like I'm sick. I look like I have cancer. Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. so skinny. I bet I bet two ten looks silly on a six seven frame. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it yeah. does. Well, and it was wild when I worked at PetSafe. We got a 
physicals like twice a year, mm-hmm. and they were like, "You're you're morbidly obese. You need to lose fifty pounds." How and where were you still? I'm at two eighty five. Yeah, and my, one of my engineers was like, "Where are you going to lop off fifty pounds?" I was yeah. like, "I think my left leg would yeah, probably would probably do it." <laughs> uh, yeah, but nuts. yeah, I, after that, it was wild. I God, everything has a story. It's me. That's probably another reason why I'm to. Um, I was working at Taco Bell. That was the only job I could get. Out of, oh. out of Pellissippi? No, when I was in Pellissippi. Oh, okay. Because I had to pay my own way to college. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I told you this in text, and you can tell me if you want me to go down this rabbit hole or not. I've only been in two strip clubs, and I got kicked out of both. <laughs> and one of them was in between high school and college that summer. I almost worked at Goodies. Uh, running their post press department, yeah, they run their boundary department. Big deal yeah. back then. But it went like three levels up, and they're like, "No, we can't have a part time employee." Mm-hmm. And like the sharp foreman was like, "He'll work forty hours. It just won't be eight hours a day during yeah. the week." And they're like, "No, we can't have that." Yeah, uh, I almost got it, and I was seventeen when I graduated. I didn't turn eighteen till October. I almost got a job with this company called Macabre International, and it was off Alcoa Highway somewhere. What they, do they do? Like tool parts and oh, stuff like, like that. Like tool and die. Tool and die. Yeah. Major corporation. They were at 17, they were going to hire me to be their graphic design, marketing, and PR person. Oh, wow. And they're like, you're going to have to travel to Europe and hold press conferences. And I was like, I'm, I'm 17. <laughs> I can't check into a hotel. I can't rent a car yeah. for like eight more years. What yeah. the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And I had to turn that job down. And now as an adult, I'm like, what the hell were you thinking it? That they would offer. For them. Yeah, yeah. Like, what were they thinking? Yeah. 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 They must have been hard up. <laughs> or my portfolio was that damn good. Yeah, I bet it was. School. I yeah. bet it was. Uh, I almost got a job running a press at a print shop that was on Gay Street. Yeehaw? And, no, no, no. This was a quick print place. Okay. You know, remember back, there were like versions of FedEx, but they actually had printing in the yeah. back. They actually had a press. It yeah. was one of those. Okay. Couldn't get any of those. Then I started applying to like Target and, home, you know, Lowe's. Home Depot, any yeah. of that, none of those are like, you don't have enough experience. And this is while you're still in college? No, this, this is before between graduating high school and going to college. Yeah, that summer? That summer. And then, because uh, all I'd worked at before, I worked uh, as a scorekeeper at ballparks, yeah. baseball and basketball, and I tended the fields for baseball. Yeah. Like that, and they're like, well, you don't have enough experience to work at, yeah. at Target. Sh- stocking yeah. shelves. You're like, this company wants to hire me to be a graphic designer for an international company. <laughs> So, uh, I was driving out Clinton highway and that target was just being built and I couldn't find it. And I stopped at this nondescript building and I walked in. Was it the Emerald yep. whatever? Yeah. Yep. It's I right across in. from where I got my car worked oh, on. Really? Yeah. I don't think it, it's open. Anymore. Oh, is it not? I, can't, I don't know. If it it is, was yeah. something else before it was the Emerald, but whatever yeah. it was, I walked in and I looked around and I was like, uh Oh, cause it was, I'm in a strip club. <laughs> this was like one in the afternoon. Nobody was in there. It was like a Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, there was a guy standing there, there's an owner or something. He's like, can I help you? And I was like, uh, I'm looking for the target. And he was like, oh, it's just a, why are you looking for the target? They're not open. And I was like, well, I need a job. And he's like, I'll give you a job. No way. And I was like, I think there might be one problem. He's like, what's that? And I was like, well, I'm 17. And he went, get the hell out of my get, damn car. Exactly. I was, I don't, now I'm just like, nobody was there. Who gives shit? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it was, that's the first time I got kicked out of a strip club. <laughs> or I got kicked out of a strip club. Yeah. I got asked to leave, but yeah. it sounds better. It was polite. But then I kept trying on at different places, and finally, tail end of the summer, a friend of mine worked at Taco Bell in Fountain City. Yeah. 
and his cousin was the manager. And she interviewed me and gave me a job. That's the only way I got that job. That's great. I was like, this is so hey, dumb. Yeah. It's all about knowing people. Know. <laughs> but that job taught me a lot, like efficiency, quickness, all that. Yeah, and, and they're the ch- all about economy of motion there. They yeah. only have like five different yeah. uh, like uh, <laughs> yeah. ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the GM, though, told me something that still, that still stuck with me. He was like, I think every kid in high school should have to work in the service industry. Yeah, I think so, too. It's like it'll teach them about having to deal with people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, work there. And it'll also teach them how to be a patron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah which, which people need a class in anyway. Uh, but, I, and I'm getting there that I actually did have a job at a print shop when I was in college. <laughs> but so uh, my grandfather was not a very communicative guy. He was very quiet, 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 very guy. quiet good old six two, yeah. big dude. Think about it. he was six two in like 1920 something. No, yeah. People like, were smaller back that's then. That's insane. Yeah. Like, uh, but he, Quiet man always looked pissed off. Like just, he grew up pretty rough. And, uh, but he, I was working at Taco Bell. I had an opportunity to work at Walmart, but it was going to be tougher. Like the timetables, they weren't as flexible as Taco Bell. I would work 40 hours in four days at Taco Bell. Yeah. And Walmart was not having that. Mm -mm. And he, I was kind of complaining to my grandfather and he was like, are you happy? It's like, no, I'm not happy. And he was like, oh. Quit. You'll figure it out. Life's too short to be unhappy. Yeah. And I'm 41 now, and that stuck with me ever since. I was yeah. Like, yeah, life's too short. So he ended up passing away like a month later. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Well, and then we were just kind of, I was finally being grown up enough to where I could not feel scared as shit to talk yeah. to him. Yeah. At 6, 6, 330, yeah. <laughs> not be scared to talk to my grandfather. Yeah. Uh, and then he passed away, and I went into Taco Bell, and I was like, okay, I quit. That's great. I took, took it, it with you. Yeah, it was right at the beginning of summer. I didn't have to worry about paying for school until fall. Yeah. And I was like, I'll figure something out. And yeah. I spent like a month. The last, it was like two weeks of school and then two weeks of summer before I got a job. And uh, the last two weeks of school were just so relaxing that I didn't have to stress about working or anything. Yeah. And then uh, the two weeks off during summer were great. And I just kept harping on this one print shop. That I was like, hey, can I come in and interview? And the what were they called? Uh, Imaging Solutions Consolidated Products. They print labels. Oh, cool. But they had a DocuTech printer, and they needed somebody more technical and knew about computers to come gotcha. and work on it. So I was like 18. Was it an artistic job at all, or was it? Not really. Yeah. But it was a job in the industry that, so I finally got the guy to interview me, and he immediately hired me. And I was working like 90 hours. Well, no. I worked... I used them as my internship. I worked my 90 hours of internship in my first two weeks of working there. Yeah. <laughs> like they just worked me to the bone. Man, I, uh, I, I feel bad. We had a, we had an intern come into pop fizz. Uh, his name is Matthew Wilson and he's a wonderful kid. And we, uh, he came in looking for a 90 hour internship and, same deal, man. That poor kid. Two weeks later, he had, he had his ninety hours. Yeah. Man, we worked him. We worked him a lot, and and I almost felt bad about it. But he still hangs around. Like it. No, and, and that's I think, good. And he and, and I and I hope nobody hears this who gets offended. But he told me, um, he's like, man, honestly, I learned more of my internship than I did in oh, school. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it was working there. You know, I'm going to Mississippi, and the thing about Mississippi was half the students weren't my age. They were like forty year olds and oh, fifty yeah. year olds. Yeah, people going back for uh, for to, to get back. a second career. And then, but having that coupled with then working at Consolidated, 
to where I'm working with all these, like one of the guys had worked with the company for 30 years since it started. Yeah. And had worked with the owner 10 years before that, Steve-O. Yeah. So working around those guys who were treat guys and gals that were treating me as equals, like at age 18 or 19, 19, I think. Yeah was insane. Like, and I worked there for a year and then right as I got out of college, I was like, I'm going to do this for myself just to see what I can do. Did you? Yeah. Worked for myself for a year. I did print brokerage and graphic design. So what's that? What's print brokerage? Print brokerage would be a go between. He would find clients to be like, you need printing done. You already have designer. You have an in-house. Let me set that up with a printer and I can get you a better cost on it. Cause I know how to talk to the printer in a way yeah. that you do not. Right. Cause I've been working in printing. You know for, how a way yeah. to broker it, position it. Yeah. Gotcha. It's, and plus you have a, a, a bevy of other clients that you can bring to the table yeah. and say, and a lot of that is like knowing, well, print shop a can print four color jobs yeah. cheaper and more efficiently. So it's knowing the nuts a. and bolts yes. of, of yeah. the vendors as well. Yeah. Gotcha. But after doing that for a year and, realizing that none of my work, very little of my work was creative. And a lot of it was just tracking people down for money. Yeah. You know, trying to get paid and selling, which is nightmares. After a year, I was like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this shit. So that was your own shop after, right after school? Right after college. Have you always done your your own thing? No. no. Okay. So you you got a job at some point. I got a job. I worked for, do you remember Home Tour? It's a little real estate publication. Yeah. I I worked for there for two and a half years. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm sure that graphic design was a big part of their deal because didn't they oh, have yeah. a bunch of houses that they would put yeah. on a put on a tour and yeah. once a year like builders? Oh would no, no, houses. this was an actual twice a month publication to where oh. realtors would I'm buy a page. It's because there's a thing called the home tour. Gotcha. Uh, and they would lay out you know like six houses and here's a little bit about them. You know, yeah. so it was it was uh, Zillow it was a, before Zillow, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, it was a little bit of like. Uh, advertorial a yeah. little bit i mean it was advertisement yeah you know but, kind of masked and yeah. uh, editorial <laughs> but that was good because then the owner because i was the only person in the company that was an actual graphic designer the other people had just been taught how to use cork express what's that uh layout page layout okay like uh like uh, 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 uh in design yeah yeah, yeah. So I was the only designer, so the owner of the company, it was a husband and wife, but the husband was like, okay, well, we can do more creative things with you. If, you know, if somebody yeah. really wants an ad designed, yeah, you can now do Now it's that. a service offering. We yeah. Can do. And we ended up pulling together and doing a commercial real estate guide. He, he and I worked on oh, developing cool. it. We developed, we did the UT Orange Pages. Okay, what's that? It was the, the yellow pages, for, but for in-campus only. Oh, cool. So we did That's like great. ads and back end of all. Was it something students used? Yeah. Gotcha. Students and teachers. And then. Place to buy kegs of beer, and <laughs> water pipes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Air quotes around all that. And then uh, they actually brought in a web guy and we started working on the website of everything and trying to get oh, cool. real estate agents to use us to build websites for them. So this would have been late 90s. Yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s. Was, was, oh, yeah. Yeah. Crested and yeah. And then uh, from there, I went to work at a print shop for five years, where I was the creative director and the pre-press manager. And then from there, I went to work for the Sentinel, where I worked oh, in cool. real estate and recruitment. And then I moved over to marketing for specialty publications, and PetSafe for five years, and then back to the corporate side of papers for two years. So, the- so you worked in, in you worked in the news, yeah, for a little while. For was that Gannett or EW Scripps or it was still. Uh, 
it was scripts. Then it got cut down to EW scripts when they split with the new with, with the, the TV, scripts networks interactive. Yeah. yeah, and then it got went from EW scripts to Journal Media Group, where they sold off all the radio and TV because they owned a bunch of news. Yeah stations uh-huh. too so they split that up to where all the newspapers were on their own and all the radio and tv were on their own and then they got bought out by gannett usa today yeah and then everybody got laid off yeah <clears throat> so do you know anything about the butcher scandal oh yeah do you really yeah i know that's a weird tangent but <laughs> no. you know a lot about it uh i know enough to be dangerous really yeah, yeah. i'm surprised there's not I think it's just because it was such a blip. There should be a podcast, like a serial for the butcher scandal. So I kind of want to have a thread through it. Uh, yeah. Cody Walters and myself talked about it. I think it was episode four because he has a really yeah. big, uh, he has a really big interest in that as well. Yeah. And and my aunt, my aunt worked for the butchers. Um, Shirley Butcher was my aunt's best friend, so Shirley Butcher was around growing up. Uh, like yeah. I saw her all the holidays and all that, and I've always been fascinated with the story because. Nobody around me that I knew that was involved in that scandal ever spoke a word of oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've had to kind of all hear all this stuff on the on the periphery and all that. And well, and the person that ran the design program at Pellissippi was the guy who designed the Sun's Fair logo or the World's Fair logo. Oh, really? Yeah, David Gilbert. Yeah, who so uh, he never got paid hmm. and only got credit when they redid the interior of the Sun's Fair. They actually wrote like a little paragraph about him. About him? Yeah. And that was it. He never got paid. That's amazing that there was so much money going around. Yeah. And, and he and, he, and, and the guy that, that made the World's Fair logo never got paid. Yep. Chris Ford owns it now, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 I probably should not say too. I love Chris. Yeah. And I like I like yeah. them, but it's like I don't know how Mr. Gilbert feels about that. He yeah. he would not talk about it when I was going to school up there. It was yeah. still so uh hurt. So much, really? Yeah, that many years later. Yeah, cause I mean, it was probably fifteen years after yeah, that. Yeah, because he sued like crazy, just trying to get anything. Yeah, and the, I think and the Butcher devote- brothers were probably in jail by then yeah. too. So it was blood from stone at that point. Yeah, but I think it was just, you know, you put that much time and effort into something and not yeah. get paid. Well, and and especially as you see like this resurgence of it being so recognizable, you yeah. know, and and like something that that you worked on. I'm trying to think of something to compare it to, but it's almost like. It's like uh, it's it, it's like the Tiger King being in jail oh, yeah. and finally being famous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's something like that. It's like you know you, you made something that you know just kind of fell flat, and it was a client that didn't pay or whatever. And yeah. then now it's you know twenty or thirty years later, it's become a piece of nostalgia that's so yeah. culturally important and recognizable. Well, it's like the story we always heard. I'm trying to remember the exact number, but it was the woman who designed the Nike swoosh got paid like four hundred bucks. Yeah, really. And there's part of me. It's like. I hope Phil Knight just gave her $10 million yeah, at one point. at some point. Yeah, because it's – and if he didn't, he's kind of a dick because yeah. it's like that. that's it. Yeah, you like, hear stories like that. I, I, I think yeah. I heard the same thing, something very similar about the uh, Nationwide is on your side jingle. Oh, yeah. That it was written by, like, not a creative, not a writer. It was yeah. written by, like, the – uh, a uh, like a clerk or or, yeah. or a yeah. desk person, <laughs> and and it you know just it's yeah. it's it's everywhere, yeah. right? I mean it's 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 a household uh, jingle, uh, you know, almost as much as the Star Wars yeah. seven notes is <laughs> at this point. 
you know, Peyton Manning singing about chicken parm, you taste so good, yeah. you know, to the, to the same <laughs> tune. And it's like, this has become just a monster. And it was somebody who created it just yeah. like on a whim, just out of yeah. nowhere. And, you know, she got a, you know, $300 target gift card and a, and a, and, you know, a, a thank you card from the, from the creatives. You buy her a house. <laughs> yeah, you do. What you do. Yeah, you do. Cause now. you have yeah. gotten so much out of that at yeah. this point. Yeah, who knows if that's true or not, but that's an anecdote that yeah, I've heard, yeah. you know, but but that's you were same thing with the Nike one. I think it's four hundred bucks. Really? And, I, and that's just insane to me. Yeah. Because it is a you know, it's everywhere. You yeah. can you can see it anywhere in the world and uh ninety five percent of the people who see Seriously. it probably know what it is. It's oh crazy. Um so uh after the newspaper days, um what happened? So with Pet the, Safe? Oh no, uh it was newspaper first, then Pet Safe, and then I went back to the newspaper. What, what was working at Pet Safe like? Because I'm a I'm a big like uh, mm-hmm. Randy Randy Boyd uh, kind of fanboy, and I don't know a lot about him, um, but I I do uh, I admire his story and yeah. I admire what he has done and what he continues to do. Yeah. Um. And I and and you know Radio Systems is a is a company that you know I guess he created. Yeah. Uh, that has done. You know, seemingly a lot of a lot of good things. I think it's like four hundred and eighty million dollars a year. That's what's that the yeah. revenue for the company. Yeah, yeah. like it's, that's not bad. It's insane because it's. Uh, it was interesting working there when I worked there because when I which worked, was when uh, this would have been two thousand nine to two thousand fourteen. Okay. Oh wow! When I worked yeah. there. It was very like engineer heavy, engineer first. There were only like three people in the marketing department. Yeah. Mom and pop kind of feel. Yeah. Branding. Uh, Just didn't do any marketing. Uh, The story I heard was that early on someone, God love Randy, uh, talked him into doing like a marketing campaign. Uh And let's say they spent, said, okay, you're going to spend $10,000, but you're going to make $100,000 on this. And he spent $10,000 and he made $15,000 on it. And he's like, well, I'll never do marketing again. Yeah. Because it didn't net what it should have. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it. Yeah, it was binary for him. It didn't didn't make sense. So it was all very small. And when I was working there, that's when they first started doing marketing, doing like Bark for Your Park, where they would give $100,000 to a city to build a dog park. Yeah. So that... Because they had the money floating around. Yeah. And and a Goodwill project was was good for their their image. An odd dude, and that like I was on a committee that that he would give away a million dollars to nonprofits that were involved with children or pets. Mm-hmm. And so I was on this committee, and nonprofits would come in and pitch us and say, "Here's, here's why. What, we, here's what we should do. Here's what we do. Here's why you should give us money. Yeah. Or here's how much money we need." Yeah. And there was one that came in. Uh, God, I'm gonna forget. I always forget the name of it, but it's a nonprofit that uh, trains dogs to uh, support veterans who have come back and lost limbs. Okay. And like the sto- so it's a service dog kind of service deal? dog. I think it's yeah. like Tennessee mountain service dog. Yeah. But they, That's cool. uh, the, they came in with a story and they're like, there was this guy who came back and like below the knee, it had been blown off. Yeah. And he was, had, he was depressed. He stayed home. He gained a bunch of weight and he wouldn't go out in public because he was terrified of falling down. Mm-hmm. So, he got this dog. They started training with the dog, working with the dog, and uh, finally went to like Cracker Barrel. And he was walking along in the in the little front area, and he turned a corner and he knew he was going to fall. Uh-huh. 
And he's like, here's all of his fears coming to realize. Yeah. And the dog wedged itself and he did not fall. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so they told us that and we were like, well, how much does it cost to train a dog? And they're like, well, it takes like a year and a half, two years. And it's about $40,000. And I was like, that does not seem like that much money. Yeah. Not for two years of training for a dog. So then the minute they left, I turned to the guy. I was like, so we can give them all the money. So we're going to just get, let's just, we're just going to give them the million dollars. It's like, what the, and they were like, oh yeah. And in phase two, we were like, well, do you work with rescues? And they're like, well, we can't, we need purebreds because we need to be able to train them properly. And they were like, but phase two, it's uh, rescues to deal with PTSD issues. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was arguing. I was like, so we're giving them all the money. Yeah. Because this is the, like the most amazing For thing. For this year and next year. I was year. like, God love these people who are adopting dogs. Great. Yeah. They can get money somewhere else. We need to give them all. Like I was right. ye- almost yelling, like, we need to give them all the damn money. Right. It's like, this is insane. So he would give away, the company would give away a million dollars. And he had a specific committee that they would meet once a month and we would give away that money. Really? Yeah. So he Once is, a year? Yeah. W- uh, once a month. Once a month, you guys give away. We had a million dollars at the beginning of the year, and we would and you give gave it out. away. And, and it was always like June. We were almost out of money. Yeah, <laughs> crying over there. Yeah. The heartstrings oh, have been pulled too many the times. The amount of crying in that room was hilarious. Yeah, yeah was, word went around like <laughs> you want to get in there in January. That's when you want to make your pitch. But yeah, so he's a really and like when he bought Jig and Reel. Yeah, like I was sitting there. It was at like Thanksgiving, and he was sitting. Him and another creative were sitting there, and that creative had been in bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this was so funny. Randy was like, so if we start a music venue, you know, what would that take? He was asking him. And he was like, I don't know. Talk to Jody. Oh, that's great. And Randy was like, what? But you're in bands. He's like, he goes to a lot of shows. You need to talk to Jody. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? What's going on? What are you doing? Yeah. Were you volunteering me? It was so wild. Like, he's a super nice guy. Yeah. But he gets, he gets pulled a lot. He gets asked for a yeah, lot I'm of Yeah, sh- I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Yeah. I, um, I shot something for his um gubernatorial campaign yeah. campaign yeah one of the packs that was um wanting him to be elected and uh one of the things we shot was at pond gap elementary school oh yeah and oh god yeah and it's a big thing for him yeah and um like uh nutrition and yeah and, you know making sure that the kids are eating well yeah. and kind of getting that baseline of the pyramid <laughs> you know yeah. their foundation down yeah. and, and just hearing the people gush about about him and what he had oh, done yeah. for that school and that program was really um it just it just you know uh, added to the you know great amount of respect I already had yeah, for him yeah. but but that was it was good it's 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 good to see somebody who who um has certainly done well for themselves but is not afraid to give away a million dollars a year you know yeah. it's, it's great and to see that it was wild like in my time there I said it was like very engineer heavy but but like by the time I left, a big reason I left was because then it shifted to more like product managers and like all this logistics stuff. At PetSafe? Yeah. yeah. That it wasn't, it was no longer about the products. It was about the logistics. Yeah. Of, you know, I was like, so did the company grow a lot while you were there? It did. Yeah. It grew pretty, it grew tremendously. Yeah. Was and it was, I think it was right around the time I started, like they hired three designers at that point. They actually started investing more money in each SKU. Like I was on containment, which was in-ground fence, wireless fence. Yeah, which is a huge part of their business, right? Yeah, it's the biggest. And then they had like a group that was like doors and then a group that was barking training. So they finally hired out individual designers and marketing people for all of those SKUs. Wow. And that's how it kind of helped grow because then everything could be done quicker and more efficiently. Gotcha. 
So when you when you left um, when you left Pet Safe, is that when you started Feral Giant and all that? No, I went back to the papers oh, to right. the corporate side. Yeah, and uh, I got talked into coming back there. <laughs> that was who owned it now. Uh, that point, it was still EW Scripts, and it was Knoxville News Sentinel. It was Knoxville News Sentinel, yeah. but I worked on the corporate side, so I did marketing, branding, design for thirteen papers across the country. Okay. Yeah, New Sentinel. Were you in that building off of 40? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had a little corner down on the end. Yeah. And uh, it was wild in that we did that, and then they splintered off and did the journal media group thing. And we kind of think they just positioned themselves to be able to sell to Gannett. Yeah. Because then they got bought by Gannett, and we immediately all got laid off. Yeah. But I was fortunate in that, like, my boss's boss was afraid everyone was going to leave. So she got us all these like umbrella packages to where like, if you get laid off by this point, three years down the line, then you get, it was like a third of a year's salary. Oh, cool. So, so there were some packages in place before the yeah. acquisition was made. Uh, it was as the Gannett stuff started ramping up. Yeah. And okay. uh, that's cause, great. Cause when the Gannett, the buyout actually took like three months. Yeah. So That's they brought in like short, honestly. For yeah, such a big I think it was about three months. And their creative director came down and was positioning it like we're going to look at keeping all of you on starting a new hub here in Knoxville because we already have all these people. And they were like, and that's when she was like, okay, but we may get laid off. So let me do these packages towards like a third of a year's salary. I was like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. This is fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm making money here, you know. Yeah. And uh. So we kept kind of getting told we were going to stay. And then it passed the SEC on Friday night. And on Monday morning at 10 a.m., we got pulled into a room and said, you're all laid off in three months. Yeah. And That's corporate stuff that stinks, man. But the funny part is there was only three designers on our team that did work for 13 papers. And, and about a month in, they're like, um, we can't figure out how you all do all the work you do. So we're going to give you another month at the end. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's just another month. Yeah. And at that point I was like, I'm either going to take a break or I'm going to try to start my own thing. At the yeah. End of this. Cause if not now, when? So you started your own thing, started my own thing, took that money. Didn't even relax at that point. Just it went, just went. And I had uh leading up to my final day. I actually had two clients, big clients. One was a PR company. And one was a project that was going to be more long tail where I was going to be a partner in it. And it was going to essentially make passive income on down the line. Sure. So I worked, the PR guy just stopped calling and mm -hmm. I found out he lied to me about a bunch of stuff, which is awesome. Oh, bummer. But it was funny because I saw him like six months later and he did a double take and looked at me and he's like, oh shit. And mm -hmm. I was like, Hey man, yeah. like, I was like, I'm not going to punch you. Yeah. you. You'll do your karma's going to get you yeah. back. That's fine. He didn't do the, Hey buddy. No. How you doing? No, no, he, he, was, he, looked he knew, he knew what was he up. Like Seen a ghost. Yeah. yeah. And the other one just, it never kind of panned out. Yeah. And, uh, so I did those two things for like four or five months. And then I was like, Oh crap. Like money's not starting to run out, but I need to start figuring something out. Yeah. And so then I just started like, okay, what can I do? And I just started working. I was like, started reaching out to different people. I was like, Hey, do you all need this? And it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. We could use help with social media. We could mm -hmm. use help with this. We could use help with that. And that's how that all that started. So did you have your service offering already kind of figured out or did you have clients and then you kind of mined from within? It's like what their needs were or did you the, have a plan or did you just freewheel it? I just kind of, I, I had everything set up like almost like here's what I can do. 
But, and still to this point, you know, in August, it'll be four years. I have not done any outbound marketing oh, in good. four years. Yeah. Now I'm getting to the point. I actually like tail end of last year. I was like, okay, I need to start doing outbound market. I need to start doing something to promote. And then all this hit. Yeah. And I was just like, oh crap. But it made me shift my focus. I lost some big, I lost a big client and I lost some jobs. But I still have kind of worked ankles and stuff. I'm knocking on wood like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, to where it's made me reassess and be like, okay, like I want to get into screen printing. I was like, well, that ramped that up. I was like, well, now I have time. Yeah. So um, that's some that's a project I'm working on because like then I so can, you're expanding your services. Yes, that's well, great. But with that, it's more of like self creation to where I will create like posters or whatever, yeah. t-shirts, mm-hmm. whatever. And they'll be more my all my ideas because I yeah. have a a box like an envelope box at home that's just full of, of, gra- of graphics and stuff that you've yeah, done doodles and ideas and it was I was like okay I need to figure out a way to do that yeah I was like and screen printing is the best way to do that I don't have to outsource it and I've I know too many people who do screen printing that it I just know how to, know how to do it. Yeah, and I know how to do it cost efficiently to where it's like, no, oh, it'll cost me about this much money. And then I create posters and create. I have an idea for a bandana that I want to do. Oh, cool! Like, uh, you know what I love are buffs. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. Do I have one on me anywhere? They're just like cylindrical pieces of fabric that you you know wear around oh. your neck. They can be like a mask or be like you Shoot. wear them over your head like a hood. You can. So I have that pulled up. It's got another name. Gator. Yeah. Yeah. Where I've got that now, buff on. is the uh, brand name. It's like the Kleenex, oh, okay. Xerox, kind of chapstick kind of <laughs> name for it. I've got that pulled up because I pitched. Do you know Borderland Tees? Oh, I know that name. It's familiar. They're in South Knoxville. Okay. It's uh, Reverend Jenny and Bob. Bob has done T-shirt print. I give them shouts out as much as I can. Good. He's been doing T-shirt printing for like forty or fifty years out in Fountain City. And Reverend Jenny is a pastor for a church over there, but they teamed up together, start Borderland Tees. They hire homeless people and pay them a living wage to help get them off the it's street. It's amazing. And they're they're affordable, and I love them to death, and I try to send as much work as I can over to them. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I pitched them an idea for a handkerchief, and they're like, yeah. well, we would do this, but all handkerchiefs, because of all this, you cannot buy one anywhere. Yeah. Just the base level. Yeah, you can, you can't get a blank. No. Yeah. And they were like, "This is a good idea. How much? You know, they were work." She was asking me about like marketing of it. She's like, "How much do you think we should charge?" I was like, "Well, you should charge seven dollars for one, ten dollars." You know, yeah. I was running through everything. She was like, "Okay, if we can find some, we, we'll do." Yeah, that's <laughs> great. She was like, "Do you think people will buy this?" I was like, "Yeah, I think they would buy this right, right now." Yeah, and I was looking at the because I was trying to figure out the name of those things, gators. Yeah, I was like, I think they call them neck gators or yeah. something like that. I was like, I don't know how hard this would be to print though, because I don't know if yeah. you print it flat and then stitch it. Well, that's interesting because you know, thinking about it, it's I've never had one with a seam in it before. It's oh. it's it's almost like it's extruded or something like that. I don't know you how know, they do that, like, like plastic yeah. pipe. <laughs> so so with them, I was just like, I'm not going to pitch them that because that seems like it may be a nightmare to print. So. Yeah, yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, so, printing in the round. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what else as we bring it in for crash landing here? <laughs> you want me to tell you about the same time I got kicked out of a strip club? Yes, absolutely. And the third time I met OJ Simpson. <laughs> oh yeah, you thought I had forgot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
It was a friend's bachelor party. It's two brothers, Mike and Joey. I'm going to use their names because God love them. Yeah. Uh, they are smaller than me. I am terrified of them. They're those kind of guys. Really? Like, they are scary dudes. I love them to death. And they both, I'm like, thank God I am on your good side. Yeah. Like, Joey came over to the house like a year ago. I did scan something for him and Photoshopped it. Yeah. He's like, I forgot how big you are. <laughs> I was like, God, I love you. God, thank God you're on my side, man, brother. <laughs> like, uh, but it was, Mike was getting married. We did a bachelor party and we went to the ball. Oh, that's right down here. Yes. Yeah. So we went there and uh, you had to bring your own beer and then you had to pay like $4 a bottle to bring in beer. And I, I just said, <laughs> stopped at the gas station to get Bud Light or Budweiser or something. Yeah. And they're like, okay, that'll be $21. I was like, son of a I bitch. I just paid $21 <laughs> for this. I just this. paid $4 yeah. for this. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, so we go in and... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm i just not a strip club dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, me either. So we went in, we sat over on one side, and there was one point where one of the guys, my, a different Mike, he came up to me, and he's like, all right, let's go up to the stage. And I was like, oh, okay. So we went up stage, and the girl's dancing, and I had a dollar in my hand, and, I, and in my head, I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> what am I doing? Do I give it to and her? I was like, thanks. I literally handed it when thanks. Like that. And I walk back. I was like, I don't know what the fuck did. Like this is so dumb to me. Like yeah. I don't, no offense. Yeah. No, I get it. Some people sting. So yeah. about once an hour, they would do dollar dances where they would come over and dance on you for 60 seconds. And, and so we were doing that because yeah. we're all poor. <laughs> so at one point on the other side of the room. So if we're hanging out over here, I see on the other side, there's a guy who had run for school board or city council or something. So the print, a real mover and shaker. Yeah. So we worked in a print shop The all of us worked together in a print shop and a third of our work was political. Ah, gotcha. So, so you knew this guy. So like four months before that dude had done a postcard with him and his wife and their dog. Ah. <laughs> and he keeps going back to the, uh, the champagne room. Is like, that like a back? Yeah, back, uh, back VIP, room, so, whatever you call. Yeah, it. I'm gotcha. pulling from Chris Rock. The champagne, no sex oh, in the no champagne. Sex in the champagne. champagne. Yeah, yeah, don't. No reason getting uh, <laughs> eight to ten because somebody <laughs> scuffed your puma. <laughs> so he keeps going back there, and then one of the strippers comes over and she's sitting next to Mike, and they're like, she was like, "Why don't you pay for him to go back there?" And, and Joey was like, "How much does it cost?" And there's like fifty bucks. So in my head, I'm doing the math of like that dude's been back there like eight times. Good yeah. God. And Joey's like 50 bucks. We ain't got that kind of money. I'll dance for him. And so he got up and he started like grinding on Mike's. They're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> grinding on his brother's yeah. lap. Yeah. And then the, the stripper was laughing. Yeah. And then the bouncer was not, the bouncer came over yeah. and was like, girls dance here. Guys don't dance here. Yeah. And then Joey and Mike just shut down mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah. And it was wild. Cause I don't mean to be a dick, but, all five of the bouncers could not have fought one of the people in our crew <laughs> where it was like, come on guys. That's like, we're, and then just Joey and Mike shut down. Everybody else shut down. So we just stopped spending money mm -hmm. and the girl, and the they don't, they don't like you after that. Right? No, they, they kept, they wouldn't come over. And then one of the guys, the other Mike guy, he went up again to the stage and, uh, he went up and there was a dance going on. And then when he turned around, there was a stripper leaning on a dude in a chair, grinding on him with her back to second Mike. Yeah. And so she dropped money. Uh -huh. 
Uh-huh. So Mike picked it up, folded it up, and tried to like tap her on the side to give it back to her. To give it back to her, just yeah. so she knew she lost it. Like yeah. he, and when he did, she happened to just lean back, and she mm-hmm. like brushed against. And now yeah. I'm talking about like her a grazing, a, a, a grazing a glancing blow, a grazing right above the yeah. side of her stomach. Yeah, like it wasn't like he gra- and and she was like, oh. And he was like, oh, you just dropped this. I just want to make sure you, yeah. you got it back. She's yeah. like, oh, thanks, honey. And he went back. And at that point, the same bouncer came over and said, you boys are out of here. Yeah. So. So it wasn't completely your fault. It wasn't like, no. you know. I did forget okay. one point. So oh. when I noticed the uh, the guy who had run for school board or city council, <laughs> Joey was like, I will give you a hundred bucks to go over and say hi to him. I was like, I'm not trying to squash his night tonight. I ain't yeah. going to do that. Yeah, he's already spent $800 no. in the back room. So when we got kicked out, we got up to leave. And as we were walking by, he was walking with a different girl. And he yeah. saw me, and he started looking at the floor yeah. on the other side. And yeah. I just went up, and I gave him the biggest handshake and yeah. grabbed his shoulders like, Hey, brother, how are you doing? Good Looks like you're having a hell of a time tonight, brother. How's the missus? <laughs> yeah, like I kept I just on him like that. And he was just like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> just terrified. <laughs> and then I slapped him on the back yeah, real hard. Yeah, yeah. And we walked out, and it was so loud in there, you couldn't hear anything. But the minute we got in the little lobby area, Mike and Joey had snot coming out of their nose. They were like, that was worth it. They were like, that was worth it. That was worth your hundred bucks. (laughs) No, (laughs) but yeah. So I've only been in two strip clubs. I got kicked out of both. That's, I mean, you sounds like you got your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah for, for only being there two times. So it, it's never been brought up again. But every time I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, it's like it. It doesn't. It's not my thing either. It's not my thing. Yeah. No. I'll tell you what is my thing is you. Thank oh, you for thank being you. here, man. Yeah, I really Hope appreciate I didn't it. Ramble too you much. Didn't. <laughs> is that why you call it rambling, man? Uh, no, it was. I was couldn't figure out a name, and I was out mowing and ran. I think I told you this randomly. Hank Senior song? Senior song came on. It's like Ramblin' Man. That's a good it's perfect. One. Well, it's and, a great name for your podcast. Yeah, and it's a great podcast. Thank you. And I hope people listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank Jody, you for having me on. Thanks man. a lot for being here. Hell I really yeah, appreciate man. it. It's been a great time. Yeah. Thanks, All man. Right. Thank you. Man, it's always good catching up with that dude. Love hanging out with Jody. Appreciate you guys so much for listening in, checking it out. Uh, Southofscruffy.com is killing it right now. The website's doing great. Uh, it's a great place to engage with the podcast. You can get some merch. You can find the Patreon stuff. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can do all kinds of stuff from there. So go check that out at South of Scruffy on Instagram. South of Scruffy at gmail.com. Send an email. And uh, thanks again to Sam Thomas, the producer of this show. He's freaking killing it and doing such an awesome job with uh, helping us line up guests and making it all sound good and just really couldn't do it without him. So thank you so much for him being here. We've got some uh, music video work that he and I are working on coming up with Mr. Matt Honkinen and Chris Blue. And peak physique. We've got so much cool stuff that we're uh, that we've got in the hopper on the video side too. So so uh, be sure to keep checking back for all that. Love you guys. Take care. Matt Honkin and play me out. <laughs> <laughs>